Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. Okay, we'll start off by talking cricket. Uh, day day two ended at Newlands with India going to stumps on day two on 57 for two. That's a lead of uh, 70, then 57 for two in their second innings. Virat Kohli at the crease on 14, the skipper, alongside Pujara, who is on nine. And we are now joined on the line uh, by um, author, journalist, writer, poet, um, who's here in the country following the Indian team. That's Anand Vasu. Anand, good evening from us here on SAFM. Thank you very much for speaking to us this tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Firstly, how has your time been in South Africa covering this tour? As always, very good. It was a bit uh, difficult and different this time because traveling in a pandemic is very easy. So it was a lot of uncertainty before coming through. The tour also got postponed. So it was a bit of uncertainty. Once I got here, it's been just as good as any of the times I've been here before. Wonderful. And you are well looked after. We also saw you on TV doing a TV interview also on SABC. Are you well looked after here? Absolutely, always. I love coming to South Africa. Fortunately, this is my fifth visit here. Oh. Each time I've come to cover cricket, followed the Indian team. Of course, never seen the Indian team win a series here. So <laughs> that is kind of the hope, not only for the team, but even for the supporters back home. And it will be a welcome difference, even for a journalist who's neutral. But to see the Indian team create some history mm. would be a privilege. And what's the feeling in India, Anad, about where the series is now, level at 1-1 before this test match? I think uh, it's been a bit of a seesaw of emotions because after the first test match, which India won quite comfortably, a bit of a one-sided game and super sport passing Centurion, everyone was convinced that this was indeed the time where history would be made. That this was in, Before the series began, the talk in India was that this is India's best chance. The mm. question everybody was asking was kind of, if not now, then when are they going to win? Uh, and so it looked quite plain sailing and it looked, uh, looked uh, like everything was falling in place after the first test. The second test was not so easy. The way in which South, South Africa fought back is more like the South African teams of old that India are used to. Teams that don't quit, teams that show a lot of pride in playing, especially at home. Essentially, this may not be the most talented South African team of all time. But they showed that they still have the fight, they still have the spirit, and uh, came through very strongly in the end. So I think Indian fans are a bit jittery, a bit nervous going into this test match. But now their nerves would have again been calmed just a little bit. And it's interesting you saying that they felt that this was India's best chance of winning their first test series in South Africa. Does that talk to how this Indian team has grown over the years, Anand, that they're not even expected to lose in South Africa now where they've never won a test series? Absolutely. I think also the performances of this Indian team in the last few years is what has given rise to that confidence and that sense of very high expectations from Indian fans. India now have a bowling attack that is uh, as good as anyone else in the world. They have four world-class fast bowlers in the 11 at any time and two or three waiting in the wings who can step in if needed. India's won twice in Australia. They're leading the English 2-1 mm. in that series. Um, which had, in which the last test had to be postponed because of COVID reasons. Uh, the, in general, India have travelled very strongly in the last couple of years. Something that was missing in their game, perhaps in the years that preceded it. So now the expectation is that when India goes somewhere, even if they've not won there before, they can come good. And it sounds like the team also has a lot of belief. Is is it also maybe due to the leadership style of a Virat Kohli who's always confident? 
It is. I think uh, when you have a leader like that who believes that you can win from any situation, it doesn't matter where the team is, they might look like they're down and out. Uh, all the odds might be stacked against them, but Kohli believes that he has the people in his team who have that ability, that confidence to turn things around even from really tight corners. And I think when you have a captain who believes that, who believes that every match is one that is an opportunity to win and uh, perhaps uh, do something special, I think it lifts players. So I think that confidence certainly has rubbed off onto the other players. And at 57 for two at Stamps on day two with a lead of 70, how do you think the, the dressing room is feeling right now? The dressing room is very relaxed at the moment because mm. even though the recent history of the last test match tells us that South Africa chased 240 to win at the Wanderers in Joburg, it's not going to be easy to repeat that. And uh, this pitch is offering quite a bit. 11 wickets on the first day, 11 wickets again on the second day. So India will think... India would think they need something between 250 and 300. Or 300 would really put the game past South Africa, you would think. But with this bowling attack, India would think even something in the range of 250 should be a comfortable uh, target to set. That said, South Africa will also know that at the moment the lead is only 70. You need one good spell from one Olivier or Khagisa Rabada or Lungi Ngidi to break this game wide open once again. If uh, South Africa can pick up uh, pick up wickets in a clutch and trigger a collapse, they will know that they are, they are not out of the game at all by any stretch of imagination. So I think both teams will be reasonably confident, and but India just a little bit ahead because they know they have Kohli and Pujara still at the crease. Mm. And one session of good batting could take the game away from South Africa. India put 223 on the board in their first innings. Virat getting some runs also. Um, What did you make of that total? Because it's been a low-scoring series. It was definitely an under-par score. I mean, when you win the toss and choose to bat first, you don't think that uh, 223 is something that you'd be happy with. India would have certainly looked at something like 300, 325 as a bare minimum in their first innings. But it wasn't to be. Again, uh, South Africa came through with their bowling this time. In the previous in the, in the in the earlier Test matches, they were sometimes shaky starters, not necessarily putting together consistent spells of quality bowling. But here, they were on the money from the first ball. Mm. So it took a tremendous innings from Virat Kohli to even get India to 223. You'll remember that Kohli hasn't been in the been among the runs much in the last two years. Mm. He's never really looked out of form. He's looked good at the crease. He's looked confident. But he gets to 25, 30, 40 and gets himself out. So the manner in which he applied himself, the discipline he showed, I think would also have been a, a big lift for the Indian team. They would have known that 223 is not really enough. But equally, their bowlers have it in them to get them back into the game. How many times you can ask the bowlers to do this over and over again is a good question because they haven't had much time to put their feet up or really get any rest and recuperation between innings. But so far, they've been um, doing the job and they will know that it's just one more push, one final hard push away from trying to make history. 
Yes, and just before we hear from our listeners, Anand, you mentioned Virat there. He came good in the first innings with 79. He hadn't scored a test 100 in, in, in two years. But I looked at his at his average and he was still averaging 50, um, over 50 actually in test cricket, despite not scoring 100 in two years. Were there really serious concerns about his form? No, not really. Definitely not in the Indian camp. Mm. I think they know exactly how special the player is. And like I said, he's not looked like he's been scratching around or he's been nervous or he's been troubled by a certain technical deficiency. He has not made the runs. This has been a combination of perhaps not the best shot selection, at times being a bit too keen to dominate the opposition, a bit too keen to stamp himself on the game. Uh, What was missing perhaps all this while was that little bit of extra discipline, which he showed mm. in the first innings at Newland. Was, yeah, he was living well, eh? He was living the ball well. Oh, yes, absolutely. He never left the ball so much mm. uh, <laughs> or for such a long time in, in, his, in the past. He's not really had to. Mm. This was the second slowest half-century he scored in his test career. Mm. And when he got to his half-century, he had left 50% of the balls that were bowled at him. That's a mm. very high percentage for someone like Virat Kohli, who literally has every shot in the book. And I guess sometimes if you set those high standards, you become a victim of the standards that you set for yourself, Virat Kohli, because every time he comes out to bet, uh, people expect miracles from him. We are speaking to um, cricket journalist, writer, author, and also poet, uh, Anad Vasu, who is here in South Africa covering India's tour um, tour of South Africa. He says it's his fifth time coming to South Africa. And let's take some of the voice notes. Let's hear from our listeners. Good evening, Tabi. So, um, Lepra here. I've got two questions for him. The first one is, how did Indian cricket build uh, this depth in fast bowling? How did you build uh, this fast bowling, um, you know, depth that you have? You have Mohamed Saraj, Jasprit Bumrah, Isham Sharma, Umesh Yadav. Um, you have a lot of fast bowlers, Shadul Thakur, you know, you also have Hadik Pandya, who was here last time when you came. So how did you, how did India, how did Virat Kohli, uh, I don't know how to put it, but how did India, you know, uh, really build this fast bowling depth? Because we don't know the Indians really of fast bowling, you know, you used to have medium paces, but now these days you have huge fast bowlers who can dominate anywhere around the world. And then two, um, Risha Pant. Um, what is Rishabh Pant um, game or game plan in, in Test cricket? What is his role? Let me put it that way. What is Rishabh Pant's role in the Test team? Um, thank you very much, Libraheer. Hey, Taviso. Yeah, this is Joseph Mambo from Magao. Yeah, man, in terms of today's play, let me start by saying, you know, it was my first time watching uh, the cricket on SABC. I've been watching it on other channels, so I was very, very impressed in terms of the commentary, you know, the way they change languages from Zulu, English and Africans. So I was really impressed, you know. Uh, but in terms of today's game, you know, I was really disappointed with Eden Makram, you know. I think he need to start to raise his hands there, you know, because uh, he's been giving a lot of he's been giving a lot of opportunities, but I think he's, he needs to start scoring, or I think he will be dropped. Yeah, that's one. That was my talking point, you know. But we'll see tomorrow. I hope uh, Rabada continue his form and maybe we can come back. But I see that the way I see things, I think we we lost it. Good evening, Tabiso. It's Kutulu here at LNG. 
I want to talk about cricket. Mm. I think we have been having betting problem for quite some time. I sometimes thought it will be the players, but we have different players from different formats and they're still not doing great. I want to know who is the betting consultant and I think the problem should start from there. Even Boucher was a better, he, he a batsman. I know he was a wicket keeper, but he, they should guide those guys how to approach games. We cannot always have problem with the batters from ODI T20 and test. No, no, no. Something there is wrong. Someone is sitting in a position that is not suit, suitable for him. Evening to you. Uh, evening to you. Thanks for, 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 for that. Uh, maybe let's start with the first one. Anand Libra wanted to know how did India manage to build such depth, especially with their fast bowlers who can bowl anywhere around the world. Now, Ishan Sharma can't even get a game in this time. Yes, I think this is one of the stated aims from Virat Kohli. He wanted to build a team that could win uh, overseas. And he realized that the two things that you needed for this are fast bowlers and also a unit which is capable of taking 20 test wickets on a regular basis, which meant that India had to play five fast bowlers. Now, uh, f- sorry, five bowlers. Mm-hmm. Now, this has been a policy that Kohli has put in place that's almost set in stone. Whether India is playing at home or playing away, irrespective of the conditions, he wants five specialist bowlers in his bowling unit. If that means that the batsmen have to take up a little extra responsibility, then so be it. If that means that you're going to get slightly lower scoring test matches and not so many centuries and not so many personal milestones from the batsmen, then that's fine as well. As for the fast bowling unit, this was done in this was, it was this was not something that happened overnight. Mm. It happened as a result of the National Cricket Academy working with the India A team and working with the India team. So there was a pool of fast bowlers identified, and one of the key things that needed to be done was up the fitness levels of these players, because if you have to bowl fast consistently day in and day out, not only do you have to have the strength the endurance, but there needs to be a very scientific and clear process involved in terms of managing your workload, managing your nutrition, managing your lifestyle, all of these things. And Virat Kohli set a very high standard himself when it came to these things, so he expected the same from his teammates. I think this um, vision that Virat set out, set forward, and then worked closely with the bowling coaches, with the National Cricket Academy coaches, and with the India A team coaches, this together got made sure that there was a group of fast bowlers, not just two or three that in the Indian team, who were receiving the best possible support. There were 10, 12, 15 fast bowlers at any point of time who were being monitored and looked at carefully. Obviously, not all of them have made it to the highest level and succeeded uh, in the best way possible. But as you point out, someone like Ishan Sharma with more than 100 death matches can't get into the playing level, even when Mohamed Siraj is injured. That just shows how much strength there is and depth there is in Indian fast bowling at the moment. And then there was um, a question about Risha Pant. What is his role in the test team? I know a lot's been said about that shot he played at the one rest, which was unnecessary. Um, I, I, I've always th- I think we all agree that Saha is probably a better wicket keeper technically, but what, is, what does Pant bring to the test team? Well, I think I would agree with you that there was a time, perhaps two years ago, where there was a big gap between what Saha was behind the stumps with the gloves and what Pant was. 
But what has happened in the recent past is that Tant has worked on his wicket-keeping to a, to a degree where that gap has been reduced quite a lot. Mm. And when you add to this what Tant brings with his back, and he's proved it you know, you know, in Australia, in England, in several places, that he's not a one-trick pony. He's not a guy who can just come out there, close his eyes and slog. Unfortunately, that's what he did in the last game. And I think Virat Kohli made it very clear in his press conference that yeah, that was a mistake. That was mm-hmm. not the right approach. So, and, and he also said that one of the things, Virat said that one of the things he learned from Mahindra Singh Dhoni is that you might make a mistake, but the key to having a long career is to make sure that these mistakes don't happen repeatedly mm-hmm. and soon after each other. You make one mistake, the next mistake ideally should come a year later. So if, you saw that reflection in the way Pants batted mm. in this test match. Mm. He did not try to come down the pitch and hit Rabada out of the ground, which is never a good idea at the best of times. <laughs> so he, 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 the role Pants has is to play positively, to be aggressive as a batsman and definitely contribute to the bat because when you're playing five bowlers, you need your wicketkeeper to contribute to the bat. Mm. It's not like he's a bonus uh, if he comes off it's not like T- T20 where it's a gamble. It's a calculated strategy and obviously it won't come off all the time. But in the last year, uh, Pant has done extremely well in that position. And I, the, the interesting thing about him is how much he has improved as a wicketkeeper. Mm. It shows that if someone, if, even a young player shows that he can improve and improve quickly, that's always a positive sign. That means he's thinking about his game and he's working on his game and he's able to do something about it. So and yeah. quite an important part of this team. And the fact that he's a left-hander in that batting lineup does that also add to his advantage? It certainly does. I mean, India would very, very dearly like to have another left-hander in their top order. I mean, if they had one, it could uh, help mm-hmm. keep the bowlers uh, on their toes, so to speak, where they have to adjust lines constantly. But this top order has been dominated by right-hand batsmen. And all of them have, uh, you know, done their bit. Uh, so I don't see it's very hard for a left-hand batsman to break into the top order. Mm. Rishabh Pant's position is probably the earliest someone can come in, and so he does bring that uh, extra variation to this batting lineup as well. It's a very good point you make. Uh, and then finally, Anand, as we wrap up, Noel Crowley on Twitter wants to know about Pujara and Rahana. Is this their last innings for India, or have they shown enough that the, for the selectors to keep faith in them? I think they've certainly uh, shown enough for, to earn a little longer rope. Now, uh, for a long time, there's been conversations about, around both of them. They have not been among the runs, which is well known. Uh, Rahani was the vice captain of the team and has kind of been stood down from that position for the moment because India is looking towards the future as well. If they had failed in, in consistently in these in the series, maybe even in the first two matches, I don't think they would have been playing this match. But at key moments in the series, they've come up with contributions and the partnership uh, that they had is why the team has faith in them. It's, it's why the team backs them and they choose to give them one extra match rather than one less match. With a younger player, uh, someone who's not had such a big body of work, perhaps the patience would have run out a little sooner. But the Indian management knows that these two have it in them to deliver key moments and I think they have not seen the last of them just yet. 
Yeah, and we so we, 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 I remember that partnership of them at the Wanderers. They bet it so beautifully that morning there. I was actually there. And finally, Anand, um, will it be a huge disappointment then if India don't win it from here, this match and the series? Oh, absolutely. I think from where it is set up right now, India's fans will not take anything less than a victory. India's fans anyway are highly passionate, but also quite unrealistic because they expect their team to win every time they step onto the field. We all know this is not possible, but that's the dream for the fans. And we've been hearing so much hype and so much talk about how this is India's best chance to win in South Africa. If it doesn't happen, there will be a lot of disappointed, perhaps even angry fans back home. Mm. Okay, so those are the expectations on India. That's why they've been number one all these years in Test Cricket. Thanks for speaking to us, Ananda. Wonderful insight. We really appreciate it. And we also enjoyed seeing you on TV and enjoy the rest of the tour. Are you staying for the ODIs also? Absolutely. I'm here. I've traveled this far during a pandemic, so there's no reason to cut it short. We will be here for the whole tour. Wonderful. Thanks for speaking to us again, Anand. We'll follow you on social media also. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, folks. If you enjoyed it, do check his social media account. Um, I have tweeted it. It is Anand Vasu, A-N-A-N-D-V-A-S-U on a Twitter. There was somebody who spoke about the commentary. I uh, also love the commentary on, on SABC Sport. Maybe that's where me and Colin, my friend, agree there. But I enjoyed it. I mean, even this morning, enjoying listening to Mr. Aslam Korta there, um, Udo, as well as um, as Kanat Kruger and Afrikaans and how they switch between the languages. That's also beautiful to hear. And then the Z be and a young man rising star Kanyuso Chaku uh, who's also been given a chance in um, in commentary and is making the most of that opportunity and I, I just love all around the analysis on SAPC sport I'm not being biased I'm not being biased I do have an option to watch it somewhere else but I, I just seem to enjoy it more on it's just on on SAPC sport and then somebody spoke about the betting problems I wanted to let our guests go before we discuss our own issues here in the country it's interesting you say that because we spoke about this with the producer Veli Lemnyandu um, in the afternoon about this betting lineup and this betting unit and maybe I should have asked Anand actually if maybe that's where the Indians see the weakness in the Proteas that inexperienced betting unit and we felt that the betting unit is letting the team down and the betting coach is a, is a gentleman called Justin Simmons I do not know him from domestic cricket. Libra, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember him from domestic cricket. I know he was a coach at St. John's and, and I think he also had a stint at the Lions or the Northwest. He's been tasked with this responsibility of guiding the betting unit. And you ask yourself now, with, with, with us not knowing him in domestic cricket, then why do we in his favor that he would get such a huge job? You know, do you think... I don't want to be controversial, but... Do you, do you think, okay, let's not leave it. I think you know what I mean. But I just think that um, the betting coach maybe doesn't have the experience that we keep uh, being told about when we are told about, when we question Mark Boucher's credentials, but we're told that he's got huge playing experience, he's an experienced in former international cricketer, so he should know what he's doing. Why does that not apply then to the betting coach then? Do you think a betting coach from Soweto who's never played professional cricket would get this opportunity to be with the Proteas? Betting coach from Katlehong, a betting coach from, from PE, We've got guys like Derek Sontundu who played club cricket there for years in, 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 in PE. Would they be tr- entrusted with this responsibility of a betting coach in the national team when they've got no professional record? I don't think so. So maybe we should have this conversation going forward. Anyway, we're going to talk boxing now. Let's take a break.